Thank you for tuning in to the Game Day of London podcast. Before we begin this episode, I just want to take a moment to say thank you for your continued support during this unprecedented time. We're trying to bring you the highest quality content, but as you can imagine, there will be dips and changes through each episode as we try and work out the kinks of recording from home. In the meantime, we want to thank you for your continued support and hope you enjoy this episode of the Game Dev London podcast. Hello and welcome to the Game Dev London podcast. I'm your host, Adam Boyne, and I'm here with... Dan Hawkins. Dan Hawkins, recruitment consultant for Aardvark Swift. Hello, how are you doing today? I'm very good, thank you. Well, considering still in the house, but yeah, very good. I mean, you, you can see from my, my lovely setup back here that you have a much tidier house than I have. Have you been uh, able to get some chores done, run around the house, get things sorted? Um, no, my house is not as tidy as you think. And if this is this is a this is a room. <laughs> I picked a very nice clean wall at this bit, uh, <laughs> but no, I've, at least I've had, I've got plenty of DIY things to do around the house. We, we've recently okay. bought the house, so I've had, oh lovely, okay. My partner's had a great big list of things for me to do to keep busy, so uh, there's no Cracking no chance of me being bored. <laughs> We're in the same situation. So we moved in uh, a while ago, thank, thankfully, but I've had uh, my coworker moved in during like the first week of lockdown i think it was um so he's had absolute chaos like things like trying to get internet installed and engineers being severely limited and all those kind of things so he's had a, a bit of a nightmare um other than too bad, we've just had we had uh, my partner doesn't work from home uh whereas because i'm quite digital it's not too bad but she's only just she ordered a desk when we first went shut down and it turned up yesterday so now now she's set up on a desk but before that it was Dining room table, spare keyboards and monitors and cardboard boxes holding things up and all that kind of thing. Absolute madness. Ugh. So, uh, thank you for joining us today. Uh, so, the first thing I want to ask you is how did you get started in the games industry? Um, well, I got started in the games industry by, by working with Aardvark Swift, really. This is my first mm -hmm. sort of entry into that. So, I've been working okay. with Aardvark Swift for coming up for three years now. Um, wow. Yeah. Um, which I love it. it it's 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 just such a fascinating industry um, to be able to talk to people. So from from a recruitment point of view, when you're looking at sort of other recruitment jobs compared to this, when you're talking to people, you're talking to about people about real things that they're passionate about. It's not always just a means to an end. Um, so it's things like what projects do you want to work on? What games? What's your long plan? What what games would you love to be part of? What art styles interest you? And yeah, so it's had me hooked from the beginning really. <laughs> So, um, so you were doing that for the last sort of three years. What were you doing before? Was you in a different industry? What made you, did you move across? What, where were you? Before that, I was a, I was a, a sales manager in a call center. Uh -huh. um, so I used to work for Vodafone. Um, okay. And, and uh, yeah, so it was quite a quite a, a change of career really. Um, <laughs> but I've, I've worked in sales, and so it's loosely based. It's, it's loosely connected um, for about five years. Okay, and then what, what was it specifically, was it just, were you a big gamer beforehand? Was there something specifically that brought you over to the games industry that you were like, yes, that's that's where I want to be? Well, when I wanted to work in recruitment, um, I knew that that's something that I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, the video game specific, I'm, I'm, I'm a games player, um, and Aardvark Swift are fairly local to me as well. Um, okay. So it was, it was not something when I first thought, you know what, I'm going to be a recruitment, I'm going to go into recruitment in games because it, that didn't really pass my mind. Um, but to find such a, I might like say, a fairly key player in, in recruitment in the video games wow. industry, um, locally to me, it was, yeah, it, 
it's an amazing opportunity, and that's what I jumped at. Uh, so yeah, so especially looking at uh, you know all the stuff that you've done, uh, you've worked, uh, been there for three years. I've seen people go through the system and and you know fail to get that job and succeed. What is the sort of the key thing that you've seen uh, either that, stu that students aren't doing that they should be, uh, or the key thing that uh, everybody is doing that if you're not doing it, then you're just going to lose out. Well, from a from a student point of view, it's certainly portfolio. Portfolio is the most important part, really. I mean, everyone can have a nice CV, but when you're a student, they're all going to kind of look the same. Um, it's kind of upsetting when you see someone who's really talented um, not carry on with passion projects in the background. Yeah, yeah. So you see someone who's really talented, they come through university, they, they finish off with a few pieces that they've done for their course. But what we need to see after that, especially if it takes a few months, because it's a hard industry to get into, not everyone gets a job straight away. But what we need to see is is continued work, passion projects. Employers want to see that that's something that they enjoy doing. Um, so yeah, it, it's staying on top of and, and keeping your portfolio up to date with, with work. That was a, that was a big thing uh, when I was a student. Is that we mostly we didn't really get advice beyond like sort of general CV advice. No one ever advised us on our portfolios. And the difference I saw. Coming out of uh, being a student and then going, and I do uh, portfolio reviews at like EGX and stuff like that. The difference between the students who've sort of thrown something together last minute and you're just kind of looking through, like, yeah, this is all right. And then somebody who's put a bit of thought and effort, made, you know, got just like a WordPress site or something, just but it looks neat and tidy and they've got their best stuff up front. And you can, you know, the difference in terms of me just wanting time, I don't even need to see their CV. Like, if I can see the work that I'm like, Oh wow! You clearly know what you're doing. The difference in um, sort of my attitude towards them at a very at like a minimum is huge, um, and it still shocks me that you get students uh, now who you can ask, "Oh, so have you got your portfolio?" And they go, "Uh, no." And you're like, "How how am I going to hire you for anything then?" <laughs> absolutely, yeah, absolutely. It's the most important part, isn't it? It's yeah. Um, great. So. You've been around a good number of time. Obviously, you know a lot of lots of different companies and speaking to them about uh, you speak to them about recruitment. I assume young and old and all that kind of thing. We're in a bit of a weird period now, uh, as, as, you, as I'm sure you know. Um, what is the thing that you've sort of seen come out that's either changing or not changing in the industry based on sort of the people that you've been chatting to? Are you seeing attitudes change? Let's, we'll start with recruitment, then we'll move into a more wider thing. Have you seen that people are hiring more, less? Are they, is everybody just gone straight to, you can work from home, that's fine. What, what are you seeing changing at the minute? Well, so it was, at the start of all this, it was, it was going to be quite concerning, and especially mm -hmm. looking at the amount of people, in some, especially some of the larger companies who've had to move to work from home, which is just a mammoth task. If all of these programs and um, support functions aren't in place, it's been really, really encouraging to see so many companies move really smoothly to working mm -hmm. from home um, and development go full steam ahead, really, which is great. I think initially we saw, from a recruitment point of view, we saw companies say, well, we're not sure what we're going to do. But that only kind of lasted for a few weeks. When a company with, uh, with, with development going at full speed ahead, just from home, they still need to make those key hires. They still need to expand the team in different directions at different milestones throughout the project. Mm -hmm. So we are seeing lots of remote starts being offered, remote contracts, which is, which is brilliant. Um, and yeah, it's really encouraging to see development still carrying on, and especially with with uh, demand through the roof, you know, games, uh, demand that we've never seen before in the industry. 
Um, Definitely. It's good to see. We're lucky to be in an industry that has moved. There's lots of other industries that haven't been as easy. Um, people have been laid off from <laughs> redundancies and that kind of thing. Yeah. So it's nice. It, it, it's, it's encouraging to see the, the industry pull together and, uh, and really tackle this crisis movement. It's been interesting to see the so obviously so Yuki renounced the the numbers for 2019 in terms of sales and that kind of thing, and it's interesting to see how much uh, digital is going is either keeping steady or going up where physical is falling, um, which is something that obviously everyone's predicted for a long time now. But obviously, a, a state like this when you lit, almost literally can't get physical copies because you'd be relying purely on digital services to get them in the first place, and most of them have digital things that we are looking at this sort of massive tectonic shift towards digital, which is not, I mean, the games industry was already going that way anyway, because we are a digital industry. Um, how do you think this is going to affect uh, other physical things? Um, so obviously you have, have lots of events that you're at and that kind of thing, and do a lot of uh, physical recruitment and that kind of thing, talking to people. How do you think that's going to change going forward? Do you think it's going to be a lot more of a digital affair? Um, I know the big search for a star event that's got uh, being announced digitally this year and all this kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've cancelled events. As, well, we've not cancelled, we've, we've adapted events. So Search for a Star is happening for us this week, um, which is a huge competition that we run for um, for students um, to help them sort of settle down and help them uh, get their first job. Um, so we're con- currently conducting a load of mock interviews this week that would usually be done all on one day and, and getting everyone in one place and have a, an awards ceremony for the finalists. Uh, but we're doing all that remotely this week which is going really quite smoothly. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a lot of hard work. (laughs) Uh, There's lots of challenges, but it's going very smoothly at the moment. And we're looking at, on Monday, we're going to be um, doing a a virtual awards ceremony as well. Um, Just to make sure it still happens, because there's been, students have put a lot of work into it, and there's no way we could just kind of cancel it and not do anything about it. That's worked really well. Um, Obviously, a lot of the industry shows, things like develop, that kind of thing that they're, they're suffering um, and that's certainly something that we use as a company face to face opportunities like developer are great for meeting lots and lots of clients face to face and building relationships and getting a much better understanding of um, the kind of sort of cultures that we get in different studios as well um, so yeah I, I don't know how it's how it's going to affect it to be honest um, but it's certainly certainly reduce the amount of face-to-face contacts that we have with our clients, which is which is obviously upsetting. I think that the it's going to be interesting across the board. I mean, obviously, from every every sort of angle, like, so we do, uh, as a company, we normally go to events to meet and network with uh, our potential clients, potential contract work, all that kind of stuff. Um, and trying to figure out the digital ways to do that going forward is going to be really interesting. And I imagine also if you are... Uh, looking for for work in the industry and that kind of thing. Traditionally, you'd go to your EGXs or even local events that have now all sort of just disappeared overnight um, to try and find that kind of work. Where are you seeing? Obviously, Arvas Week as a platform is is fantastic for sort of as a place to go and find work. How would you uh, encourage uh, people across the industry who are now looking for new roles and that kind of thing? Where would you recommend they go and look? Um, how do how do they get you know what's the best way for them to start looking for that next job if they if they are in a situation where they can't work? But in a situation where they can't work, 
Uh, so their, their current, they've, they've left their current job or their current work is sort of dried up or for whatever reason. And, then, and they're like, right, you know, maybe they were a freelancer before and now they're in a situation where they can't or um, they were doing something physical and now they've moved out and now they want to change to something digital and they're looking for a, a new role. Where do you recommend they sort of go and, and start you know, investigating what's out there, given that they can no longer go to sort of these physical events anymore? Well, as a recruiter, I think the first thing would be to speak to someone like me. Uh, that would yeah. be my, my, my stock answer, really. Let's have a <laughs> chat. Let's, let's have a chat. We can talk about what's out there. We tend to have a good bird's eye view of, of what's going on across the industry as a whole because we have interactions daily with so many different development companies. Um, and we know who are hiring, who are who are advertising, but maybe can't make the hire yet, and that kind of thing. So having a chat with a recruiter um, can solve a lot. Um, I think, um, but naturally as well, things like job job boards, um, getting jobs direct, uh, uh, getting uh, GI dot job boards right. like that are, are advertising roles all the time. Um, and they're updating. If you look on their social channels, they're all the time updating um, on who, who, which which clients are being most active and that kind of thing as well. Um, but yeah, it's trickier. It's trickier. If that if that is how you get a job. Usually, and it's an excellent way of doing it because obviously you can sell yourself much better face to face. It's a lot easier to do so, and that is taken away. So this is all going to be digital. I think, interestingly, the whole industry is getting far better at um, uh, video calls, like boom, right? <laughs> video calls. We certainly are. Uh, it's, in a, it's in a massive improvement in it, sort of how we how we conduct them and, and that kind of thing. So, so in the future. So are you seeing, despite the fact that obviously physical connection is going up, but actually is, you think uh, connectivity is actually going up in terms of people being able to talk to each other and, and openly communicate because there's more of these, you know, bigger open, you know, you get your, your Zoom calls and your, your big chats between industry groups and stuff. Are you seeing people becoming more connected despite fewer events or are, or are you seeing the reverse? Um, I think more regularly connected, yeah, because it's nice to talk to people. Um, yeah. We do... Usually we'd have just one standard meeting at the start of the day at Hardbark Swift, but now we'll have a couple, um, and we'll make concerted efforts to have a chat because because that that personal personal interaction isn't there in the office. Um, it's much more of a treat. It's important to speak to people. You can't just be working here not speaking to anyone all day every day. Um, so I'm having lots of people who are open to a chat about the industry, um, as well as speaking to my colleagues more regularly probably um, mm. in a structured way anyway <laughs> yeah definitely i think it's interesting so uh my last last year so last calendar year i was living in far away from my office so i was working from home four days a week um and a big thing that i found was the obviously our, it's very it's a different feeling to working in the office uh, every day but the balance of that is, is that when you are communicating people your communications are almost more individually more directly meaningful you are trying to because you want to get across all the information you want to talk about what's relevant um and i think i found them because there's obviously fewer communications now um in terms of being you know i can't just go to the pub with a friend or meet uh, a buddy a client at a, co a cafe or something that the individual chats that I'm having, even when they're just sort of big community chats, are more directly meaningful, and I think are forming better relationships with people. And I think a lot, and a lot of them are very open, which means that there are great opportunities for people coming into the industry or people trying to, you know, expand their horizons to join communities. You know, you've got your discords and your uh, Twitter hashtag groups and all this, slacks and all this kind of things, um, to find more people. 
Um, and one of the things you alluded to before, and sort of connected to that, is the role of social media in this. Um, have you found that social media has become more active? Is there a, a particular form of social media that you find is better for the games industry in terms of trying to find people or groups or that kind of thing? Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, definitely. There's definitely been more interaction. I think people are turning to social media more, not just professionally, but uh, personally as well, um, to stay connected with the, the outside world as we're all st stuck in our houses. <laughs> so yeah, no, interaction definitely gone on. Um, Across, across LinkedIn, but also Twitter as well. I love Twitter yeah. for, for engaging with crowds because you can follow the hashtags and the streams and that kind of thing. Um, yeah. yeah, I think it's a really, it's a really nice platform um, for, for the specifics of the games industry. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of people that I've seen uh, maybe Twitter and there's, all, you know, there's Indie Dev Hour and all this kind of thing. And, and when I was a student many, many years ago, um, that was sort of where I started in terms of like looking, going from knowing nobody in the games industry, I looked on Twitter and I found local game groups and stuff. So, you know, I, that, that is, I would agree wholeheartedly with that in terms of that's the place to go and find people. Um, so in terms of uh, where we are now, what do you think, I mean, obviously we we're projecting in terms of when we'll be coming out of this and that kind of thing. What do you think you're going to see of, uh, oh no, that's what I wanted to ask. Sorry, I'm going to change, change question. I'll come back to that one in a minute. Um, so in terms of in terms of uh, employment's going sort of, it's sort of dipped for a bit and then it's going back up again. Um, we're starting to see companies try and find people. Have you seen any kind of shifts in the sort of people that companies are looking for? Because obviously they are a little bit trapped in so much as obviously normally there'd be a lot of face to face interviews. You know, maybe like we'll chat and then let's go to the pub afterwards or, or whatever. And people trying to get an idea of, of the sort of people that they're meeting before they hire them where that is uh, all, much more difficult now, given the state of things. Are you seeing that they want slightly different skills or is it the same as it ever was? I think skills-wise, it's always going to be with, with game development, um, especially on the development side of things, the programming, the arts and that kind of thing. Skills-wise, they're still going to be looking for exactly the same skills because this is mm. what they're looking for for that particular project or that particular stage of the project. Um, culturally fit, it's much harder to touch to to tackle that it's much harder to mm. judge that without that that personal interview and, and I know lots of companies cultural fits massive in the games industry um, to have that um, to create the, mm. the, the creative environment in a studio cultural fit for everyone is really important um, mm. and it's much harder like I said it's much harder without that going out for a beer going out for a meal without that couple of hours on site interview where you get to talk about lots of things it's much harder to test on a video call. Um, so from that, in some instances, we've seen a little bit more flexibility when it comes to offering contracts. Mm -hmm. um, so I think some companies I've seen offering remote contracts, whereas usually it would be they'd only look for a permanent person just want to come and join okay. the team. And that's simply because they've got work that he's doing. Lots of people are, are available, unable to work from home with the right skill set. Um, and... It's, it's a quick fix, it's, it's, it's a fix, it's getting the skills and getting that, that knowledge that you need for the team. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've seen, I've only seen a few friends get uh, uh, hired in this sort of window, and I've seen a lot more lose out on you know lots and lots of work and that kind of thing, especially freelancers. Um, so it's inter it's interesting to think about where companies are sort of shifting. And if anything, you'd think if you are if you do live in the north and the job is in the south that actually that becomes a much more of a viable option than it has ever been um just because you can work 
this is proving that working remotely is a significantly viable option for almost all companies and especially in the games industry we're going to see a lot more of that um on that then have you seen anything from the people that you're talking to the recruits and and, and companies to be fair that makes you that you've sort of seen as a particular uh particularly good way of either working from home or developing your ability to work from home anything that people are doing that you know companies are seeing and going oh yeah you know you, you know what you're doing or you know or, or the, again or the reverse things that people are doing that you make you go oh maybe maybe don't do that you know maybe maybe don't join every uh, skype <laughs> every interview with a uh roller coaster zoom background as much fun as they are <laughs> Yeah, they, they were fun for a bit and then got on, they get a little bit tedious now. Well, lots of companies have moved really quite smoothly. Um, some companies mm-hmm. have struggled a little more than others. I think the, mo- the main focus has been getting people with the power that they need at home to develop. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So while staying in contact with things like Microsoft Teams and Skype, that kind of thing is all very important. I think that's been quite an easy shift. I've not heard too many pains when it comes to that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. But I think for certainly the large companies that, like I said earlier, don't have the, the infrastructure, they've got studios with two, 300 people plus that have all of a sudden had to bring their bring their teams to completely work in from home with all the facilities and all the, the computing power that they need. Um, that has been a, more of a struggle, I think, um, mm-hmm. for companies. And that's been very kind of on a case by case basis, really, um, on what skills that what 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 access that person needs um, to to the pipelines and develop totally remotely. Some companies mm-hmm. have, have been really really quite set up for this. Um, us, for instance, I mean, we're, we're not developing, so it'd be a lot easier for us. But a lot we've we've had things in place to work from home for a very long time, um, mm-hmm. so it's been really easy for us. Lots of things that we've got are all web based, um, but for companies that don't have haven't had that, um, and of course, there's been a shortage of engineers who can professionally oh, yeah. do that as well. Because they're being called in by by companies all over the country, um, mm. and I think that has been the toughest part for the companies that I know who have struggled a lot more than others. Um, but right now, um, I can't think of any clients who haven't managed that now. So this was all in the first couple of weeks. Um, yeah, when we yeah. talked about teaming problems and companies saying, "Well, we don't know what we're going to do. We're not going to have a look at it," this all happened in the first few weeks. Mm-hmm. To my knowledge now, um, like I said earlier, development's going full steam ahead of the vast majority of companies working, which is really, really encouraging to see. Excellent. So, taking on from the, your thought, the company as a whole, Aardvark and that kind of thing, now obviously the, the, the answer to this question has changed probably quite a lot in the last sort of six weeks. Where did and do you see your role sort of developing over the next... Well, normally I'd say six months. This time I'm going to say eighteen months, just because <laughs> it's a big, it's a big window of uh, what might be happening here. Um, over the next sort of eighteen months, how do you see your role sort of developing? Obviously, there's, uh, and how how did you see it, and how has that changed? Do you think you're, you're going to expand in the same way that you were going to before? Do you think you're, it's going to change? Um, you know, what are your thoughts in terms of that sort of your your personal role? That's that's, that's tough, really. It's a tough question um, because. We don't know how much this is affecting yet. I don't think that we've seen the full effect on the video games industry yet. I think um. that later on down the line, when projects are being wrapped up, and especially when we're talking about co-development studios and that kind of places, whether they're going to get the next projects um, or not is boring yeah. for me. There's our, our, 
at Aardvark Circuit, the industry is healthy, we're healthy. We're healthy. Um, we, obviously, we're not developers, but we're kind of at the edge of the industry. Um, so we're as healthy as the industry is. So if we do start to see projects being pulled, um, smaller companies or co-development companies suffering from that, um, we're suffering from that as well. But I, I don't think that we've seen the full effect yet. I think that'll be later on down the line. It's, it's very strange for us uh, just as an industry, obviously, because on the one hand, we produce what is essentially digital content, so we are able to continue. But on the other hand, we need people for that, and obviously people are, are within limits. And we've seen you know, AAA companies, you know, Naughty Dog delaying Last of Us indefinitely and all these kind of things, big games being delayed because we're in such a weird period. But then again, on, uh, flip it again, we're seeing a massive rise in digital gaming. We saw uh, the World Health Organization basically putting out saying, maybe playing video games is a good idea for, you know, social social engagement, all this kind of thing, which is a flip on there. Uh, it might be an addictive thing, which was quite funny. Um, so it's, it's, it's where do you, I mean, it, it's, it's obviously it's projecting. It's just inter it's interesting to hear your thoughts just from your perspective on it. Where do you think it, it, it may land in terms of um, we're seeing potentially the economy of games rising rapidly because people are, you know, playing, playing more games, buying more games uh, and have not a lot else to do, unfortunately, in the scenario. But by the same token, we're also seeing the industry sort of trying to wiggle its way around the situation and, and some places hiring, some places... Uh, unfortunately, laying people off. We saw with uh, sort of extended games industry, Magic Leap laying off a thousand people yesterday because of their change of direction, which is awful. Um, but you're seeing you're seeing both sides of those coins. Um, where where do you think it's going to sort of sit in, in twelve months' time? I know we're just speculating, but it's just interesting to hear from your perspective. Well, I hope that the the increase in demand and the increase in profits in the video games industry is going to have a knock on effect to more uh, intuitive thinking when it comes to working from home and how you can mm. run companies from home and, and people doing that successfully and, and hopefully it's the, the industry expanding. Typically, if we see an increase in profits and an increase in demand, the, the, the industry needs to needs to grow to accommodate that. Mm -hmm. um, so I really hope that that's what happens. Um, and I think it will. I, I, I think that's what will happen. I think the, the layoffs and the shutdowns that we see at the moment, I hope that will slow down those companies can develop remotely um, and and hopefully hopefully it's not a massive amount of time before we are able to, to go into studios maybe one day a week uh, or attend uh, attend meetings in, in, a, in, a, in a more face to face way um, and hopefully that's not too long so speaking of the industry actually and drilling down a little bit, have you started to see a change in the sort of companies that are recruiting? Because obviously we talk about the games industry as just a whole, but actually within that you have a range of companies going from your, your AAAs who obviously because of the sheer number of people they have are going to be hit one way or another. But you have your your small indies, you know, your, your, your micros and your SMEs and all this kind of thing who are in kind of a weird state by being both flexible because they were small to start with, but also if anybody, if one person goes down, it's a major impact. Have you started to see a change in the sort of people who are looking for roles through you? Um, you know, are indies sort of take, you know, building on the advantage of, of the increase in um, demand? Or is it, again, is it still the same? Is it not really affecting who's looking for work in the same kind of way? Again, it's pretty much the same. Like I said earlier, companies are developing lots of them are developing at near on the same rate as what they were doing beforehand. 
So they still need it. Just because you develop it from home doesn't mean you don't need that technical artist or, or the, the increase on the QA team to test that part of the project at that stage throughout the development. Maybe that's being pushed back a little bit with working from home kind of slowing things slightly. Um, mm-hmm. But these key hires still need to be made. If, if you're going to develop a game, you need the same amount. You still need the same skills than doing it at home or in the office. Some positions, so certainly I've not seen many positions for kind of HR recruitment. Okay. I've not seen as many um, for kind of internal recruitment roles or maybe roles that are, I don't like to use the word non-essential, but not core development. Um, mm. I've seen a bit of a decrease in that, but again, if you need if you need five programmers to be able to to, to, to develop your game, you still need them. Mm. And I imagine, especially in, in those kind of roles, the skill set requirement is going to change drastically. I mean, in the short term, long term, who knows? But in the short term, you need uh, HR people with digital skills because there isn't that just face to face. It's not. It's it's less sort of events based and you know interviews and and person to person going around speaking to people and much more leaning towards how do you manage the physical people in a digital company when you can't actually you can't physically go and ask them you have to try and reach out and do that kind of thing so i imagine that it's everybody sort of we're in that i mean you said you've alluded to it yourself we're in that sort of early period still where peak companies are just just trying to figure out quite how it's all going to land and you know some things are going to are staying the same you know as you said demand is up uh pro games are going to get made whatever the case things but other areas like the fact that you can't physically go and speak to people or you can't you know can't go to events that kind of thing are in a sort of a shaky state as we try and figure out how they land um so yeah just across across the board it's going to be an it's an interesting time and i think uh we're in early we're in the early days of it now and it's going to be interesting to see where we land come six twelve eighteen months two years and see how how and then look back and see how this all affected look back with uh 2020 vision it's my one joke for the day that's it there we go i'm done i'm out now Nice, nice to there. <laughs> very funny. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> cool. Okay, I think that just about wraps us up in terms of time. Uh, so the, the only reason to say thank you very much, Dan, for coming and speak to us. Thanks. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. And thank you everyone for tuning into the Game Dev London podcast. Um, hopefully you've checked out. If you checked out audio, go check out the video. Check it out on video. Go check out the audio. Uh, and stay tuned for more interviews with more lovely people from the games industry. I have been Adam Boyd, and this has been the Game Dev London podcast.